chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is an emergency episode of Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. I am Mike Casaza. Feverish fingers taking a break. Welcoming in Chris Anderson, who, Chris, you said you were out of breath when you sat down on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I just came running back into my house and. Uh, Maybe this is too soon, but uh, so my wife's working from home because she's got some vacation days built up uh, a, a lot lately. And I said, I need I need my office. I need my office. I got an emergency podcast. One of West Virginia's best players just left the team. And she says, it's like the third time you've used that excuse. And <sighs> I don't know if it's wrong, though. I mean, the best player so far, right? Yeah. Here's where we are. Akeem Mesidor is transferring. That is one of those things that we did not see or hear coming. Let me take you through my day here, Chris. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Bright and early on this Thursday morning, I get up. Morning routine. Sit down. Different methods of contact telling me that West Virginia has a women's basketball coach. Um. So we have that up in the morning. They're going to hire from South Dakota. Maybe not the most popular pick, but somebody who who is going to be, I think, successful based on her past and her present. We'll see. But the pick is in now. The university follows up. They're going to hire Dawn Plitzewaite. Cool. I was hoping to talk to some people to confirm it before I got to football. Didn't have a chance until I was in the parking lot. And pulled it off, got the story. Sat down right before Shadon Brown and Tony Washington meet with reporters. That's their day in the schedule for spring football. When you post a story about sources, WVU to hire new women's basketball coach, your phone is going to buzz. And there was some buzzing. And I actually turned it on vibrate. If you listen to one of my questions, the cell phone does go off in the press conference on Thursday talking to, I forget if it was Brown or Washington, um, I finally looked down, and it's not like, hey, did you get this right? Or, hey, who is this woman? Or, hey, is this a good hire? Or, hey, where was Kim Stevens? No, no, no. It was, well, there was a profanity. Akeem Mesidor is going to transfer. I didn't have a chance to do, like, anything really about it. Um, I had heard this. It was weird. It came out of nowhere. And this also seemed like it caught Neil Brown off guard. Um, I figured, all right, I got a chance to chase this down, do something with it. Um, and then after Brown and after Washington finish their interviews, they say, hey, we're going to have one more assistant coach or one more coach. Didn't specify. Uh, moments later, the door is open and here comes Neil Brown. And he looks like a different man, if I may say. He's got a notepad with him with some prepared comments. And right away I knew. I mean, right away I knew. Akeem Mesidor is transferring. And lo and behold, that's what happens. Um, you have not yet seen his news conference, Chris. You've read some of the quotes just your thousand yard stare, your response to this? Uh, 
stunned. I think, you know, a lot of these things, when we go through them and you hear them, some of these, like if you put them into different categories, all these different transfers, you can start out with, yeah, no duh, saw this coming a million miles away kind of thing. Like this has been talked about, discussed. We've talked about it. Now it's just official. That would be similar to, let's say, the Jared Dagey transfer kind of situation. Then there are some others that are like, oh, that's kind of a surprising move, but well, I guess it's not that surprising when you think about it. And that's like the James Thomas, like the linebacker who transferred. He was still a young guy, so he thought maybe he'd stick around, but he wasn't in the too deep, and he wasn't really participating. So figure he just got antsy and got out of there. And and you get a little more into the I'm stunned, kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. Oh, that's a little bit surprising kind of things, like with Daryl Porter, Nick Troy Fortune. And, and then you get to Akeem Mesador and – I mean, you te- you texted me. The first thing, the only text I got was Neil Brown emergency press conference. Messador is gone. That was all it said. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? And I'm like, what, what, what emergency press conference? I'm checking my emails. I'm checking my texts. You know, because usually when they have a press conference, they send out to everybody on this mailing list. That's it. That's in the media. Like, I didn't get anything. If I've been expelled from the media list because of my spring, pr- spring practice takes. Likely. Uh, <laughs> possible may have been discussed but it, i didn't know what was going on and then yeah i was like oh my god it, it was such an emergency such a thing and I, I forgot you had assistant coaches today so i was like they like knock on mike's door and be like get up here we need like four of you up here now yeah that did not happen either <laughs> I, I just again like i was i was hoping to talk to somebody after football about this i did not think it was going to come out and i i kind of made an arrangement hey let me get in touch with you after this thing because I think something's happening. I never got a chance. And again, as soon as it, this is largely irrelevant and maybe anecdotal and, and maybe you don't care, but I just it's unusual for Brown to be there off schedule. And I'll make I'll make this for two points. One, he's not supposed to be there on Thursdays. He talks on Tuesdays, assistance on Thursdays, Saturday is for players. When he came through the door, you just you just knew right away. Like again, Mesador is not a guy that you thought would transfer because he's a quality player on this team and there was just no indication. Like we've heard whether it's Porter, whether it's, I mean, I mean, anybody, the one that really surprised me the last time I think, and it's not the same scope, but the same sort of, oh, wow, probably Jeff Pooler, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. Josh Chandler did not shock me. Daryl Porter did not shock me. Like, none of these guys are really shocked me. This one no, really but I was going to say, but all those we heard that they were basically being shocked before they actually left. I mean, Chandler's high school coach was shopping him before it became official, and, and as I reported then, like, other schools were reaching out trying to get Porter before the season even ended. Mm-hmm. So he talks, and we can get into the content here and the quality of it, which is fine. He also says that he'll meet with us again on Saturday. Saturday is for players. That's not for Brown. Perhaps he had his schedule screwed up, and he's just thinking, I'm one day out of order, I'm a day ahead or whatever. But he said he's going to talk to us Saturday. He said he would actually take questions from us Saturday. He did not have time or interest or need or space or whatever inclination for, for questions, and I'm not going to hammer him for that. I think what he did today was probably above and beyond. Um, remember, they don't acknowledge these things. They do not acknowledge them. And when someone leaves, there's usually a, a terse, brief comment about, we'll coach the guys here or – he made a decision and we move on. This was way different. I mean, not even a comparable deviation that I can remember. And he's going to be back on Saturday to actually take questions on it. And I have quite a few. And we can get into that as well. But let's begin here. Say what you will about the transfer portal, the practice, the philosophy, the wild west of it. It's there and it's hitting West Virginia extremely hard. 
And you may think a little, some, a lot of this has to do about Brown. And then on the same plane, you might think that some things you can do something about, some things you can't do anything about, and you take it all case by case. But you're going to come to this fork where you are with or against the regime. You lose an Akeem Mesidor next in line at the tail end of a long and lengthening list of players who have left. You may bail. You may say, you know what, this is under 503 years. This is a terrible offseason. I'm not doing this anymore. I think it's time that I might get my mind and I put my feet in the wet cement. And I think you could do that today. At the same point, I think you could say what he did today, what he said today, what he did not have to do or say, and he nevertheless did. You may come around to his side and say, I don't know if I buy what he's saying. I like that he said it. Or maybe I liked that he said it and I really dig what he said. What he made it clear was that this was not a WVU thing. He said he does not agree with uh, the decision. He thinks it's not best in it's not in the best long term interest for Mesidor. He clearly yet yet murkily said that there are things happening in college football and in the profession that should not be out there, but nevertheless are. That means tampering. And you just kind of feel like, man, this guy's wearing one right now and he didn't have to. And he's admitting like things are happening that I wish weren't happening. And there is not a darn thing I can do about it. So I feel like you're at a fork right now and you're out because you'll never be in based on what's happening or you're in because you have an understanding perhaps brightened or underlined by what he said today. And again, the fact that he said something. So there's two things I want to touch on here that, that you just went over. The, the one about the, the list of players transferring and the amount of players transferring it. I feel like if you were going on the, on the why it's happening and who or what is to blame, like maybe early on, you just kind of shake it off when it's a couple guys, a couple backups leaving. It's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, this happened before the transfer portal, before they um, opened things up for the one year of free transfer and all that, or no having to sit out. And then it got to a point where maybe you were wondering about the coaching staff, asking a lot of questions. And now I think it's happened so much that it's almost reversed course and like, you know, for a lot of people, they might be looking at it and going, OK, this I thought it was a Neil Brown problem. Now I'm realizing that this is just a college football problem. This is legitimately a college football problem. And this is just the way it is. And that ties into the second thing I wanted to touch on, because almost immediately and, you know, we, we are doing a lot of reading between the lines of what Neil Brown said here and trying to figure out what's going on. But even as I'm saying this, I'm getting another text message. Yeah, me too. Um, and because I've gotten mess, you know, obviously when you get a news of this magnitude, you, you, you cast a wide net to try to figure out what's going on. I, I reached out to a lot of people like, hey, what what is this? What's going on? What have you heard? And multiple people indicated and couples flat out said that this had to deal with NIL and money and deals and whatever however else you want to do you you want to phrase it what you're going to put this on and you look at what neil brown says and it this is what it sounds like it sounds like neil brown saying this is a short term a short-sighted monetary decision by mesador that might screw up his long-term earning potential again that's me taking what neil brown said and and trying to translate it so those are not his words but I feel like it's a translation that that makes sense with everything else I'm hearing because 
if you're a key messador and you build up your resume at West Virginia the way you have, you stick around for one more strong year, you could go to the NFL and you could make a lot of money. But it sounds like he has the opportunity to make some more money next year than he would have at West Virginia. And he's jumping on that. But then that more money in 2022 is going to cost him money down the road. Because, again, you know, sitting out and transfer, but then you got to learn a new scheme. You got to learn a new system. Got to go to a new school. Are you going to have the same success? Are you going to guarantee, be guaranteed the same starting spot? We've seen several key players for West Virginia leave West Virginia thinking, well, I am too good for West Virginia. I'm going to go start at a big FCC school now. And then they just sit the bench. And that's it. And they're forgotten. They were one year, one more year at West Virginia away from NFL glory. And then they're forgotten on some other team. So, I, again, I am taking Neil Brown's words and translating them. They are not his words. But, man, that's how I read it. You said SEC. I believe you got the acronym wrong there, Chris. But we'll follow that until the end. I don't yes. make... I don't make predictions anymore because the last time I said I was going to get to the bottom of something that uh, famously blew up in my face. <laughs> Although I contend it didn't. I did get to the bottom of it, but people broke the law and kept me from getting to the bottom of it. This is not that. But <laughs> the conversation that I've already had, and I'm sure you do too, one person told me this is, quote, rotten to the core. Um, and then I bounced it off someone else, and that person said, absolutely, no question. Something happened here. Um, and again, Brown made it very clear that this was somebody who was at practices, who was at meetings. I saw him Tuesday at the pro day and that night that night neil brown said he found out that mesador was going to enter the transfer portal um, there's no reconciliation here he's gone i don't think that they would take him back at this point based on how sudden this happened and i'm assuming how definitive he was in his his declaration to leave um, but at some point someone at west virginia has to do something and perhaps even say something maybe even publicly about Teams are screwing with us. This cannot happen. Like, there has to be a face case for the tampering thing. And I don't know if you sign up for that or if you want that, but, man, if people keep coming at you and taking your players away for different reasons, that's really going to continue on until you do something about it. It's like getting punched in the face. Like, sooner or later, you just throw your hands up and say, enough. Like, I wonder if they can do that or if they will do that or if anybody can or will or wants to do that. I don't know, but... This is this is something that's happening, and and again, you move outward, upward, onward, and you you just you, you just kind of do it without any type of uh, compassion, care, conscious about what you're leaving behind, and that's just the way this is going right now. And and Brown pretty much highlighted that, saying that that again didn't agree with the decision. There are things happening that shouldn't be, and that he 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 kind of scored this for his side too. He feels hurt for his teammates. And his coaches that Mesador decided to desert at, a, at an awkward process here. Um, this is this is kind of the same old tale when it comes to processing ex or transferring, except this process is obviously exaggerated because of the quality of the player and how much he means to their defense. Which let's get into this, Chris. Um, excellent freshman year. He played hurt last year, had better numbers largely in the first half of the season. We can discuss whether or not that had to do with him playing in the middle and wearing down a little bit. Perhaps injuries had something to do with the toll he was taking. It's easier to get contained and double teamed if you're inside rather than outside. Maybe his performance suffered a little bit because of a combination of injury in the position and perhaps one had to do with the other. Um, this is probably somebody who's going to play on the outside in the NFL. 
And I, I can't help but think that that was part of the, the whispering that happened. Sure, NIL, cars, income, gear, all that stuff, that's probably part of it too. But hey, you can get outside in the edge. You can get 10 sacks. An edge rusher or a tackle on the outside, that is a money-making position. You're only going to make NIL for so long. Sooner or later, you got to bank income by your productivity on the field. In the NFL, you do that through college. I just wonder if he was shown a greener side of the grass somewhere else. I mean, obviously was. That's why he's leaving, I think. I mean, at least greener in, in his eyes. I think that's why he's leaving. Um, but at some point, and because what I, I on our board, obviously our message board is uh, fired up right now in discussing that this is essentially the NFL that you root for laundry. And I would contend that it's not, it's not even the NFL. NFL players sign contracts that last for two, three, four, five years, and they often then follow that up with another contract. Not well, maybe not often, but you know what I'm saying. Like they can end up staying 10, 12 years in, with a with one franchise, and you can grow to like that person. And if you follow along with the nfl a lot of there are a select few there are the tom brady's that will change a team and the moment that they show up on the new team that jersey is the number one bestseller that jer- that you know he's getting the big contract in college i feel like the, the the longer that a player stays at a school and i'm not saying sitting there for five years but the the fans they want to build a relationship. Like it's it's not a relationship like a traditional sense where you actually know the person, you speak with them regularly, anything like that. But they want to know the player. And I feel like those building those kind of relationships with the players might actually increase their opportunities in the NIL, mm-hmm. increase their income. And if you're just hopping from school to school, like let's say I just pick a, a random school, Mike, like Miami. Mm-hmm. Let's see Akeem Mesador randomly ends mm-hmm. up in Miami in a few weeks you ask a miami fan right now hey what do you think of a key messador i'm gonna say who the hell is that i don't know who that is he'll commit and then they'll act like they know him for a while be like oh yeah we just got the best player in west virginia's team got him and then they'll forget about him for a while and then they won't think about him meanwhile west virginia he is I don't want to go so far as like an icon or anything like that, but he is one of the top players on the team. He has looked up to this is his third year. He's a freshman All-American. Fans have grown to know him and love him over the last three seasons. And in Miami, he's just another guy. At any other school, he's just another guy for right now because he has built up no, no resume with them, no rapport with the fans, no nothing with them. And I think, you know, again, this is that short-term burst of NIO money that will then dwindle away to nothing because people are going to go, who is that again? Who's, who who did we get on the transfer market? Oh, cool. Cool, cool. All right, whatever, and move on. So I think that's going to come up eventually. I, I, I keep saying this. I said this uh, you know, repeatedly the other day and, and a long time ago. It's gonna. I don't know how long it's going to take, but there's going to come a point where players and businesses and everybody realizes that th- th- this is not sustainable, that it's not always best to transfer, that it's not always best to invest in players like this if you're a business and, and it's going to hurt it's there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings for a few years before everybody comes to that realization yeah um and again hypothetically a place like miami they, they have america top team is dan lambert a very famous mma gym down in that part of the country and, and certainly in the sport in general and their owner is offering players i want to say it was 600 a month just to promote the gym um 
does anybody care about Akeem Mesidor promoting that gym down in Miami? No. Akeem Mesidor would love 600 bucks a month just to wear yep. like an ATT shirt or a hoodie or something like that. So, yeah. Um, it's impossible to get over this, too. West Virginia really worked hard to get Mesidor. This is not a, a high-level player. This is not the, the, the scope of him leaving and what it means from West Virginia's law side is much greater than the scope of him signing in West Virginia's gain side a couple of years ago. He was he was a linebacker who was kind of rangy and long but starting to grow, and they projected him to be like this this inside guy who could bounce outside because he was going to be big and quick, but his his body could take weight and muscle, and he was ahead of schedule on that. He played as a true freshman. I don't think that he was intended to do that initially. Um, but they really worked to get him. Um, there are some things you have to line up to get like a Canadian kid who's playing in Clearwater to come to Morgantown. And there are some logistical paperwork things, but also famously visiting him in Clearwater one day and then visiting the family in Canada the same day. With like three coaches. Yeah. Three coaches. They did that for Akeem Mesidor. No offense to the Mesidors, but he was not then who and what he is now. They saw that they wanted it and they really went into what they wanted to do. And I could put this on our board. Like he talked glowingly in even late on in the season about what the relationships with the staff meant to him and how he was going to be and remain grateful for the effort they put into him and the vision they had for him as a player who could develop into a pro prospect, which he was certainly on the way to doing. I think a lot of people paid him to be out after this coming season. So that's why I think Neil Brown is stung. And I think that's why you saw him out there today talking. Um, I sometimes talk fine. I sometimes complain about the advice those people give or get over there in communication or athletics. Uh, whoever was in charge of, or, or okayed him talking today, I think did a, a great thing for him. Um, and, and just to get out in front of it, because if this goes unchecked, I think a lot of the problems and a lot of the heat he's taken is that he's just kind of brushed these things off, which I think you sometimes do when there's so much of it. Like if you take a lot of punches and you keep addressing them, that's, it's going to wear you out after a while. And all of a sudden you're going to exhaust your excuses, your explanations. He hasn't done that a whole lot apart from just kind of canned eh, predictable responses. Today was not predictable. And he was very specific about this and said, this is not like all the others. This is a unique thing. Almost said, don't pin it on me. This is the sport and the player and probably the destination as well. That's fine. I do have one question that I have lined up for Saturday. Okay. And it goes to what he said. And we should be sure to put up the video on our board today. Right, Chris? Yes. Because I think it's worth a watch. And it's no questions. It's him just doing kind of a monologue. And he'll take questions Saturday. But one thing he said that I think is going to get people to rally or to roll their eyes. Um, you know, I'm not upset. I'm not angered. But here's the here's the money quote. I sit here more resolute, more confident, and more committed in my belief in how to run a program. That sounds good. My question would be, Neil, to what extent is the way you run a program causing this issue? And I don't know the answer to that, but those words struck me because he certainly thought about that. He said he hadn't slept. Um, when you don't sleep, you think a lot. And he's thinking over that. And I'm putting words into his mouth, perhaps, and I'll have a chance Saturday to, to pick and parse. But when he says that he's more committed to running a program the way he knows how to run it, I wonder if people who are leaving do not agree with that. Is there something about the way that he, and by extension they, run the program that he thinks contributes to players growing disenchanted or becoming poachable. 
I don't know about that, but I would have a hard time thinking he's not thinking about that and that it's not some sort of a factor. And that's tough, but I think it's a question that should be asked. I think it is too. I think it's going to be, I, I'm, I think that Saturday, assuming that he is going to be doing a press conference, um, that, that, that could be a big day. Cause I, I, I think this is a tough situation. I can't imagine how much it hurts. This is, that was one of the first questions I was going to ask you. Cause as you noted, like this was an impromptu kind of press conference. There was no stream of it. Um, video is just about to come out. They should be sending it to us. I, I assume, uh, here shortly, but so I haven't seen it. And I was curious because there is so much you can tell, not just from the words, but how it's said and how it's spoken, how they're sitting, how they're talking. Um, and I was curious what kind of, you know, vibe, I guess that Neil Brown was giving off during this entire thing. Was it, was it anger? Was it disappointment? Was it confusion? Um, and you can only tell so much, you can tell some from the words and hopefully some from, from how he, how he is and how he looks. So I think that was one question I was going to ask and Saturday is going to be really important too. On the field. They don't they don't have a nose now, like or whatever they call a nose. Jordan Jefferson played well in in a very defined, productive role last year. That's that's not a guy that you can stretch out based on what we've seen from him so far. Certainly not to Mesidor's playing time. I, I wonder if this this almost certainly shuffles the the transfer portal pecking order now. Like they got to get a body there. I don't. I mean, fill me in, Chris. Who's playing the middle? Is is it Dante? Is it is it Jefferson and, and plug it in? Do they just hope that that I guess Russell will be an inside guy? I don't think Dudley's a, an inside guy, but unless they can make him that inside tackle, I don't know. I'm just beginning to look at this now, and it, it occurs to me that we did not have defensive linemen on our list of six when we had that podcast a couple of days ago. That was our possible six, like if you have five done and you have one left, get the best available blank. We both said defensive linemen. You said because they're going to have a young group based on Stills and Austin leaving and probably Mesidor. They're all gone now next year. I said pass rusher. I'd like to amend that. They got to get a Mesidor replacement, I would think. How how often was uh, Vesterin in playing inside last year? A good bit. But okay. he's hurt. He's out for the spring. Yep. Who knows? That's a tough one. And... Of all the positions outside of quarterback, I would argue that defensive line is probably the most feverish frenzy of fighting in the portal from schools is to find that kind of interior defensive lineman, edge rushing defensive lineman. So, yeah, you know, Mesador has it both, and he's going to be a hot commodity, I'm sure, unless, of course, you know, for instance— Hypothetically. Hypothetically, something's already been worked out, and, and maybe he won't be a hot commodity, but— it's going to be hard for West Virginia to, at this point in the process to go out and find a game-ready, contributing defensive lineman for this fall. So I think if you ask me to, to you know, predict what's going to happen, I'm going to say that more likely than not, West Virginia is going to be trotting out one of those players that's been you know building in that depth this spring. Like I'm not talking about inside or outside here, but just some of those guys that have some experience, but we're going to be relegated to backup duty again. Like Jalen Thornton, Sean Martin, Hammond Russell, Edward Vesterinen, uh, Jordan Jefferson, as you mentioned, is a little more unique or a little different play style than some of these other guys. So I think you're going to see one of those guys rather than a transfer, even though I do believe West Virginia will, will be beating the bushes on the transfer market. I mean, this is a team I could see playing even front with Mesidor. 
and, and being able to be effective like that against certain teams that I mean teams gave them trouble last year in odd fronts and they would go to even front as a response and it did okay and so they even played even front against some teams based on prior experiences I think Iowa State may have been one of them didn't do my prep on this one Chris that's how surprised I was by the news but that is that tool in their bag anymore I don't know um Listen, this isn't done yet. I just I have a feeling more is going to come out because I think that they're going to be proactive about this. So they aren't already with the news conference. And if he's going to come back Saturday, he's going to take some questions, I'm sure. But I, I think this is someone who, you know, is hurt and sad. That's what he's saying. I think part of it is he's really worried about what he thinks is something that's very different from everything before it being lumped in with it. Now, what do you do about that? That's when you begin to distinguish this from other ones, and that's why I think we're not done with this one yet. I would I wouldn't be surprised if details come out and we start to get some color for this story that we do not have for other ones. This is not a shrug your shoulders and say it happens, we'll be okay, we got a plan. Um, this doesn't happen. They might not be okay, and we'll see what their plan is. Agreed with you wholeheartedly. I don't. Who knows? We're going to put this pod up right away. We may be doing a, a second emergency pod within the next 24 to 48 hours to talk about it. Who knows? Do you know something I don't? Uh, Probably. Rarely. <laughs> oh, how about that? We came from different ends there, huh? Uh-huh. Well, until then, stay tuned. Check out the website. There's a lot going on on the website today. Like, I'm looking at it right now. We have recruits visiting, new women's basketball coach, Lance Dixon speaking to reporters. We have a podcast earlier today. We have the emergency podcast now. Um, listen, if you want to get in on the monthly deals, April 1st, that begins a new month and there's a lot happening. That'll take you through spring football, much of the basketball off season, the signing day starts in the middle of the month, excuse me, signing period starts in the middle of the month. Um, going to have some action on that one. I think sooner than later, Yep, it's a good time. Maybe not for football right now, but if you're a fan of discussion debate, I think we've got something for just about everybody right now. Sounds good to me. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.